Greetings from Soundography, a crash course of music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am the Spoon Man, Hammond Chambers. Spoon Man! Yes, uh, you can make music with your hands. Yeah, we're, uh, that should be enough of a clue as to who our subject is today. We're talking about Soundgarden. And uh, not just Soundgarden, but obviously we're going to be talking a lot about Audio Slave and Chris Cornell solo. We've already covered Audio Slave almost completely. We kind of did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how much more complete do we need to be? It's uh, one, two albums, <laughs> yeah. two albums. We, we, uh, okay, I'll rephrase that. We covered Audio yeah. Slave. We did, yes. <laughs> so, and that's and that's why none of my uh, playlist stuff included in the Audio Slave. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Anything before we get started? Because I feel like I just just danced right from the intro right to the first. Uh, uh, no, I think we covered all in here, so we can jump right into. Yeah. The, we'll jump right into the garden. Start let's pulling jump weeds. right into. Let's exactly. Let's go till this garden. Uh, Sound Garden formed in 1984. Included Chris Cornell on vocals and drums, Hiro Yamamoto on bass, Kim Thale on guitar. No idea that had no idea that Chris Cornell was on drums at the beginning. That's wild. Uh, they named themselves after a sculpture in Seattle called a Sound Garden, which is a wind channeling pipe. I think it's over near the uh, Sound Museum. The the um like the uh, Experience Music yeah. uh-huh. Museum. Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay. over there somewhere. I'm sure it is. There's that whole big area around the Space Needle that has like all sorts of you know sculptures and and. And things outside of both of those deals. I think there's even a little miniature amusement park for kids. Yep. In 1985, after playing drums and singing, Scott Sundquist was hired to play drums. And that made Chris Cornell just have to focus on singing. Their first recordings appeared on Deep Six, a compilation album that was released in 86. Yeah, the three songs are Heretic, Tears to Forget, and All Your Lies. As things got more serious with the band, Sunquist left the band and was replaced with Matt Cameron. And if that's not the most Seattle-sounding name, I don't know what is. <laughs> Hunted Down was the band's first single, which was also seen on their first EP. And that OP, that EP, <laughs> the EP, <laughs> that EP was called Screaming for Life. It was released in 1987. And then it was followed by another EP called FOP which was released in 1988. And then both were combined on one CD in 1990 for easy consumption and listening. It made it much easier for me too, because that appeared as one album in Apple Music and I could just listen to it all the way through. In 1988, they released their first full-fledged album, Ultra Mega OK. Their first video was for Flower, which got regular play on MTV 120 Minutes. And this earned them a Grammy nomination for Best Metal Performance. Sadly, uh, Jethro Tull released an album that year and they didn't win. <laughs> That's right. Oh, crazy. <laughs> that, that, that whole thing is just so nuts. In 1989, they released the album Louder Than Love. And boy, was it. It featured a more metal-leading grunge, grunge sound. Cornell said that he ended up writing a lot of the album himself. 
Hiro Yamamoto left the band after the recording sessions were completed. Cornell said that the album sounded a little too produced and a little too clean for their for his tastes. That I like, actually. Uh, full-on Kevin's mom is about a friend who slept with another friend's mom. <laughs> friend, friend obviously being Kevin. Uh, <laughs> even though they had some distribution issues because of content, the album peaked number 108 on the Billboard charts. And they followed it up with another EP, 1990's Loudest Love. And this actually contains a cover of Come Together, which I really like this version. Yes, it does. Yeah, very, uh, uh, you know, you'd think you'd get something more in the vein of the Aerosmith cover, but it's it's still different. It's still really cool. Okay, question for you. And I don't know if you're yes. going to know the answer. On the film Bee Gees version of yeah, Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper, Peppers, who, yeah. did, who did come together on that? That was Aerosmith. Okay, that was Aerosmith. Somehow I, yep. yeah. I remember Alice Cooper was in the movie and I always get him. Yep. Alice Cooper did... Let's see, George Burns did Maxwell Silverhammer. Mm -hmm. Alice Cooper did, I think She's So Heavy. I'm going to look now. Yeah, Um, I don't remember. I always get him, I always thought he did come together until just recently. Yeah, because he does have that. I'm wondering if it's in here. No, it's S-E-R-G. It's so hard to remember how to spell Sergeant Pepper. I just like SGT, period. I bet actually it is SGT, actually. I think it might be. Um, yeah, Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, but that's that one. That's the re-release from 19, uh, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Alice Cooper did, uh, oh, because, that's right. Okay. The, uh, the acapella thing. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I, I hate to say it, but I'd like to hear Alice Cooper cover come together. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, especially if he's holding, you know, like two copies of his heads on either side of it, one in each hand, and sings yeah. it in harmony with the heads in his hand. I'll see. That would be great. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I want you, She's So Heavy. That's the one, for whatever reason, I think of Alice Cooper with. Uh, Donald Pleasant, Stargard, Paul Nicholas, and the Bee Gees on that one. Okay. Thanks yeah. for clearing that up. I That's mean, a movie I think we should watch sometime. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I've i actually uh, just watched, well, not just watched it, like watched it... Uh, God, 10 years ago for a recommendal, I think. It's so bad. I could watch it. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater when I was a kid in Germany. Really? In in 1978? Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll have to see if it's streaming anywhere. Yeah. What a travesty that thing is. <laughs> All right. In 1990, they released a VHS called Louder Than Live. I'm sure concert uh, video from from uh, the Louder Than Love tour. Jason Everman replaced Hero on bass. He was fired after the tour in 1990. In 1991, they released Bad Motor Finger. Great album. Ben Shepard replaced Jason before the recording session for this album. And this album showed a huge step forward in songwriting. Jesus Christ Pose was banned by MTV and it drew attention from religious groups. Shined and Rusty Cage 
were released as singles and did very well for them in the charts. I played in a band in college that covered Outshined. It was really a good version, too. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was that, uh, again, you know, a lot of these songs that we mentioned, it's like, oh, yep, can't include that in my playlist. Oh, can't include that one in my playlist. But uh, 1992, another EP. These guys were all about the EPs and the videos. Uh, 1992's Satan Oscillate My Metal Metallic Sonatas. Oh, it was so close to getting that whole thing done. (laughs) Satan Oscillate My Metallic Sonatas. There we go. Yeah. This featured a Black Sabbath cover, which is also really good. Really, which one? Into the Void. Wow, that's a deep cut yeah. for them to cover. Nice. Uh, 1992 also saw the release of another VHS, Motor Vision. So the uh, live uh, Bad Motor Finger tour stuff. Uh, in uh, let's see, also the band appeared on the singles soundtrack, playing Brutal Truth, as well as a Cornell song called Seasons. That was also on the soundtrack. The band also has a track on the No Alternative AIDS Benefit album. We really probably should watch singles or do that soundtrack sometime during a You Gotta Listen to That because we've mentioned it a ton. Yeah, that would be a great movie to watch. I love that movie, so I'm always happy to watch it. That and Reality Bites, for some reason, I feel like uh, encapsulated 90s. Yeah. So do you want to know all I remember about Reality Bites? Uh, Them dancing to My Sharon at the gas station? No. Is Ben Stiller complaining that... uh, uh, what's her name? Broke is Dr. Sayus. So oh, one of the actresses, I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Went so into his office. Uh, Janine Garofalo. I think it was Janine Garofalo went into his okay. office because Ben Stiller was a straight, you know, business guy type. Right. And yes, he had a Dr. Right, Sayus right. doll collectible <laughs> on his desk and she are broke you, his you, Dr. Sayus. Are you referring to the Planet of the Apes character, Dr. Zayus? With Zayus, a Z? yes. Well, I'm saying Zayus because oh, that's, Hammond. yes, Zayus, whatever. Oh, does does Ben Stiller say it as Sayus? I, no, I oh, okay. that up from I think from the Simpsons musical of uh, Planet of the <laughs> Dr. Apes. Zayus, Doctor Zayus, yeah, Doctor Zayus, yeah. I love that thing. <laughs> I've given you a hard time I know, about I know. your pronunciation yeah. of Doctor Zayus, but yes, uh, she. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's that's what. That's the only thing I remember about that movie. Yeah, that would piss me off too. I gotta <laughs> say. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a damn good model, a sculpture. <laughs> yeah, and I. 1994, they released Super Unknown. This is their breakthrough album, debuted at number one. The single Spoon Man, The Day I Tried to Live, of course, Black Hole Sun, My Wave, and Fell on Black Days all did well on the charts and commercial radio as well as MTV. Sun's video won the Hard Rock Heavy Metal Video of the Year that year on the MTV Music Awards. Oh, only because Jethro Tull didn't release anything. (laughs) 
They also won two Grammys as well for this album. Well-deserved. Uh, of course, they have to follow that with an EP. It's The Rule, 1995's Songs from the Super Unknown EP. And this had a couple of takes and some other CD-ROM content on Oh, I remember that. It's a hybrid disc with the music and this video content on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you put the disc into your computer, and then there was, like, just a folder that said, like, QuickTime. Yeah. And there may, maybe there maybe was, like, a, uh, a thing you were supposed to click on that had, like, a hypercard stack that just basically... It just gave a front end to the videos and stuff. Yeah. Or it somehow loaded in a, what looked like a TV or something like that to kind of give it some ambiance and sell the fact that it was the size of your thumb. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh yeah. Those little tiny videos, little pixelated. The horn disc that you have did that. Yeah. Peter Gabriel did a bunch of stuff with that, with, um, us and so and the and the WOMAD festival and all that stuff. He was so big into like CD-ROM content and it just kind of uh I mean it was great at the time, but then it just kind of really passed passed by. This is way off topic, but on uh Mushroom Head's album 13, they had a screensaver for Windows. And really it was mm-hmm. a black screen, and every now and then this this shadow of a, a baby doll would appear, and then oh, quietly through the speakers, you'd hear this quiet ba- this creepy baby laugh. <laughs> Oh, so I turned the monitor off and left the computer on. And of course the music, the speakers were on and every yeah. now and then Stacy was like, what the hell is that creepy baby laugh? So she made me get rid of the screensaver because it's, it's creeping her out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with her. hundred <laughs> percent agree with Stacy on that one. Jeez. In 1995, or I'm sorry, 1996, they released Down on the Upside. This was actually produced by the band and it's not as heavy as their prior albums. Pretty Noose, Burden in My Hand, and Blow Up the Outside World were released as singles. Burden in My Hand was almost um, a playlist item until I saw that it was in this list. This one didn't gain the same critical praise as the prior album. I mean, what else could? And then Soundgarden joined Metallica on the 1996 Lollapalooza uh, tour at Metallica's request. So oddly enough, Metallica was really into Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. Uh, It doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you get the backing of Metallica. I mean, you're just, that's a ticket to stardom right there. In 1997, the band announced that they were breaking up. It was uh, there was a greatest hits album released in 1997 called A Sides, which it contained. Which I was going to say, this is the album you start with if you're new to Soundgarden in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, this is this is step one. Yeah, because there that early stuff is a little rough if you're not ready for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, This also contained an unreleased song called Bleed Together. Cornell released a solo album in 1999. He then joined the the aforementioned supergroup Audio Slave for their three albums, and then he released another solo album in 2009. He also sang on Slash's debut solo album on the song Promise. Promise. 
other band members participated in other various endeavors. <laughs> None of which are meaningful enough to talk about. <laughs> well, I mean, Cornell yeah. was the Cornell was the face. Uh, he was yes, exactly. Thale, yeah. Thale is a great guitar player. I'm taking nothing away from him. And if you want yeah. to follow his his tendril, uh, mm-hmm. you will find nothing but gold. But Cornell's the the face. In October of 2009, Cornell joined a reunited Temple of the Dog to perform the big song from them, Hunger Strike. The only song from them. The only song from them, yeah. As far as we all know. Right. (laughs) Uh, Telephantasm, a retrospective, was a new compilation album that was packaged with Guitar Hero, Warriors of Rock, in the fall of 2010. Later releases included uh, Black Rain, which is a previously unreleased song. They really like the word black in front of a lot of things. Black Hole Sun, Black Rain, Black Fell on Black Days. Yeah. 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 Makes me wish I could change my uh, song they should cover. To, to Black Dog by Zeppelin. Yeah. Feels like they would jump right all over that. 2011 saw Live on I-5. This was also an EP called Before the Doors, which was the sound check of that show. Oh, I That's get cool. it. Before the Doors opened. I get it. Before the Doors opened, yeah. I thought they were making some reference to Jim Morrison. Yeah, it'd be funny, like, uh, what, what do these songs have to do with the Doors? Yeah. Right? A new song, Live to Rise, was included on the soundtrack to the oh, Avengers film. And in 2012, they released a new album called King Animal. Been, a, uh, been Away Too Long was released as a single by Crooked Steps, had a video release that was directed by Dave Grohl. And Halfway There was the third single. course you got to follow that up with what i assume is an ep 2013's uh king animal demos i guess it could be a full album if there were demos of every track a three cd box set called echo of miles scattered tracks across the path was released it contained rarities live tracks and unreleased material as well as new material also they stole that that title from the the (laughs) echo of miles scattered tracks Through the ether. Uh, on May 18th, 2017, Cornell committed suicide in his room at the MGM Grand Hotel in Detroit. In 2019, Live from the Artist's Den also released as a Blu-ray. And then in May of 2019, the remaining members reunited in a tribute concert with uh, other musicians, including members of Temple of the Dog, Alice in Chains, Audio Slave, Metallica, Foo Fighters, and more. Throughout 2019 and into 2020, there was a legal battle over unreleased vocals and songs that Chris had been part of. And in 2021, Soundgarden got their credentials so that they could control their own website. That same year, a federal judge said that the band did withhold money from Cornell's wife and they didn't look after her interests. So that was rectified. Hammond, tell me about some statistics and general notes for Soundgarden. I first off want to say we kind of, we kind of, blazed through that that's you know it didn't feel like it because i i 
you know, we talked about quite a few things in there. I mean, it's, you know, it's like what, six albums? Yeah, but after albums? Stevie Wonder, it felt like we'd been doing this like eight minutes. Ex- exactly. <laughs> We've had a lot of, of long, long uh, runs of, of, of shows. I so. just finished the note for Kiss. Make Stevie Wonder look a little tame. Oh, man. All right. I'm not, maybe I'm not looking forward to Kiss. <laughs> Uh, as far as general notes and statistics, yeah. uh, they had six compilation albums or greatest hits albums released. Uh, and Ro- Guns N' Roses covered Big Dumb Sex on their Spaghetti Incident EP. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Kurt Hammett has said Inter Sandman was written after listening to Louder Than Love. I have it in my head that sounds more like emo- uh, tapping the emotional, emotional void by Excel. So for those who are interested, uh, you should listen to Tapping the Emotional Void because there's a lot in our Sandman in that song. God, sounds like I should. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Uh, Super Unknown has been certified six times platinum now. Well deserved. That album is so amazing. It's super. I mean, it is super. And uh, Bad Motor Finger, I think, is really good as well. I yeah. mean, a lot of people say it's really good, so it's not a surprise for me to say that. Uh, all right. Well, let's say you got to see Soundgarden in concert. Uh, you, uh, you know, there's got to be a song, right? That they're going to perform that you think has got to be their number one song that you're always going to hear when you see them. Yeah. I mean, I would have, I would have said Black Hole Sun and uh, Fell on Black Days, but of course those are newer songs. They had three albums before yeah. that. So, or four albums, I guess a bunch of, a couple EPs and, and uh, three albums before so, that. So, yeah, so what do we do? What, what do we got? So my list consists of Rusty Cage, Jesus Christ Pose, Spoon Man, but my pick is Outshined. Outshined is their Pull Me Under. It is their Enter Sandman. It is, it is their <laughs> yeah. it is their Eye in the Sky. It's it's the thing. <laughs> well, uh, the order that you said them in is actually the order that they're in. Number one is Rusty oh, Cage, wow. <laughs> followed by Jesus Christ Pose. Then Outshined is number three, Spoonman number five. Four is Searching With My Good Eye Closed. And then you get into the the uh, super unknown stuff. Six is fell on black days. Seven black hole sun. Uh, my way for eight slaves and bulldozers and beyond the wheel are uh, eight, nine, and ten. Their most frequently played cover in concert, one we haven't even talked about, uh, Helter Skelter by the Beatles, uh, number forty five. Um, but number fifty is one I'm even more excited about. They cover. Uh, Big Bottom by Spinal Tap. They've done that, or they did that 36 times in various (laughs) concerts. And that is fantastic. Yeah. 
That's good. I'm like making a note to look for that on YouTube later because <laughs> I want to see it. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about covers. Uh, this uh, is the point of the show where you and I each pick a song that we would like to hear them cover. I'll go first. In my opinion, Cornell sounds best when he's covering something that has a slower tempo. And, and uh, my song choice is a down-tempo song. And this actually could be, Cornell could be or could have been the only artist to ever make a cover of this song and not have it sound cheesy. And the song is Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Um, it is, it's morbid. You know, he, he talks Mormon? about... Uh, it's what? It's Mormon? Did oh, you say it's was Mormon? Gilbert O'Sullivan? No, oh, no, you said it's Mormon. Oh, are you morbid. It's, it's oh, morbid. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know. Holy cow. Yes, it's a song about the Latter-day Saints. And uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you should hear the Mormon Tabernacle Choir do their version of it. It's spectacular. No, uh, Alone Again Naturally. So, you know, it's it, it's one of those... 70s one-hit wonders that that you kind of always hear in the same breath as things like Disco Duck and uh, Popcorn by Hot Butter and stuff like that. But I think in the right hands, it's actually a, it's a really, really good song. It's got a great hook. And I think the vocal range, uh, obviously Cornell has a much better vocal range than Gilbert O'Sullivan. Um, I think that he would absolutely destroy it. It would be so cool. And, uh, and you know, nothing compares to you and stuff like that that he's done. It's not, you know, he's not picking the most serious of songs. So you've got me thinking now. I like my choice still. I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah. But you got me yeah. thinking that Summertime, uh, the, the, uh, the show tune, the one from the show tune, right? Uh-huh. I think he could do a really good version of that or could have done a really yeah. good version of that. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, and you leave it, you leave it a cappella at the beginning, uh-huh. and then don't bring in the sound until the, uh, you know, uh, after the living is easy. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. that's that makes me think, uh, and and then uh, a level forty two. That's something about you. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'd slow yeah. it down a little bit. It make it it'd probably yeah. make it more mournful, but I yeah, think he could do that sure. too. Yeah, I like that. But like okay, All right, so what, what was your actual pick? My actual pick, and you're going to laugh, it's Don't Answer Me by Alan Parsons. <laughs> Believe me, I'll say this now. I know this is a well I go to a lot. This is not an yes. eye in the sky thing. Although, uh, no, but really. Do you uh, just want to start a Alan Parsons podcast? <laughs> I would probably would like that. Um, <laughs> no, but there's a... Uh, there's a churning to this rhythm and the the drums kind of roll through some of it, you know, that don't yeah. answer me. Uh, yeah. I think the arrangement would be really fun for Soundgarden to work around and play with, but I'm thinking that the arrangement would be more of a black hole sun style. And yeah. it yeah. would take, it would take a song that's already kind of got some sad inclinations and turn it into something that, that is really quite dour. And I think it would sure. actually really lean into the Soundgarden aesthetic for them to cover it. Mm-hmm. I think they could, that could really work. And it's, you know, you almost, you almost ruined it by doing a whole season of eye in the sky. Cause I think <laughs> outside of that, this actually would. No, you know, I, uh, I'm dead serious. This, this had nothing to do with that. And after I typed it, I'm like, man, I'm going to sound like a, <laughs> an Alan Parsons stand if I keep doing this. But yeah, exactly. It, this really is, I think a great choice for them just by the way the song is again, the, the infrastructure of the song lends to something that Soundgarden really could have done. 
No, I think it's, uh, I think it, uh, <laughs> it is a good choice. It's just, it's just, uh, it is, yeah, like you said, it's a well, but it, if, if we did this, if we did Soundgarden a whole season away from last season, yeah. then it would be, it wouldn't feel like it was, uh, so I'm not egregious. punching that same horse over and over again. I promise. No, no this season no, I have no. been working outside the, the Alan Parsons, uh, paddock as you would yes. say. get to our playlist this is where we each pick five or so songs that belong on any list any playlist that includes their greatest hits uh i'm gonna start and i'm gonna start with uh god one of their first songs one of their first eps certainly pop Usually I'm a Dapper Dan man, but I really like FOP in this case. Um, no, this is this is a good reminder that before they became super self-serious, they actually had a little bit of a an ACDC style sense of humor. This belongs on any list of songs like uh, Big Balls or Unskinny Bop or things like that that are like uh, tongue-in-cheek. Also, maybe double entendre. Let's, yeah. let's not forget they covered Big Bottoms. So that sense of humor well, they didn't go away Bottom. live. No, this is true. Yeah, apparently they were funnier in concert than on their albums. <laughs> uh, next up for me, uh, we're going to Super Unknown for Limo Wreck. You know, we didn't even bring up Led Zeppelin, but I can't imagine that Led Zeppelin was not an influence for these guys. They had to be, right? Oh, absolutely. And and this song has so much Led Zeppelin influence. Uh, I just love it. And and this is my chord progression pick for the week because it it goes in places that you don't expect even after a few listens to the song. Would you like me to make yeah. a drop for you that says, Brian's chord progression drop of the week, week, Chord week. progression drop of the week. Yeah, sure. Please, <laughs> and I'll insert it right here. Brian's chord progression of the week. Yeah, well done. There, there it was. Nicely done. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's uh, so good. Uh, third for me is, uh, let's finally get to, oh no, I'm sorry. Third for me is Switch Opens. This is from uh, Upside, uh, Down on the Upside. This one has is kind of got a slow burner. And for being a song that they released in 1996, this thing just feels like 1996 to me. I mean, it feels like, you know, we hear a lot of their songs now and and they feel they they feel like they transcend time kind of kind of thing. This one just feels like, hey, uh, we just want some 1996. I actually thought this came out like later in the 2000s. I thought it was on one of their <laughs> later albums. And so I said they time traveled back to the 90s. But no, guess what? They were firmly entrenched in the 1990s when they recorded it. 
Uh, number four is a Chris Cornell solo track. It is a cover of Showdown by ELO. Uh, Color me surprised. Yeah, well, it should. It, it really. Uh, nobody, nobody should not have seen this coming. Uh, Especially the ELO part, the cover part. I'm used to the ELO. Yeah. ELO part's the thing that I yeah. knew as soon as I saw that anywhere. I'm like, oh, Brian's picking that. Yeah, you cover you cover ELO and you do it well. You're guaranteed a spot on my playlist with that. Uh, and this one is is uh, well deserving of the spot. The the great album, No One Sings Like You Anymore, collects a bunch of Chris Cornell's solo covers. And they're all across the board as far as like acoustic or uh, fully instrument, you know, fully uh, arranged, that sort of thing. This is one of the fully arranged ones and it's really, really good. Uh, it's drum heavy. And, uh, and while the song doesn't require a lot of vocal gymnastics from Chris Cornell, uh, his fantastic voice is still there so it's just uh just fine to have that in there uh six i'm sorry five i only did five i'm the one thinking i did six uh is redemption song This is another Cornell solo one. This one comes from an album called Unplugged in Sweden. In my opinion, this is the best cover of Redemption Song, which is saying a lot because you've got versions by Johnny Cash, uh, Joe Strummer, a version I think that has both of them in it too. And uh, yet this one sails right above it. And it's it's uh, oh, so fantastic. Redemption Song uh, by Chris Cornell solo. Hammond, what have you got? All right. My first one is from Chris Cornell's solo album. Uh, it's off his first one. It's called Can't Change Me. She's going to change the world. She's going to change the world. But she can't change me. No, she can't change me. And when I, I think this was the first track on the, the disc. And it so sounded so different from Soundgarden. And it just took me by surprise. And this song has been on my phone ever since I could have a phone to put it on. And I really, really <laughs> wow. love this song. This is what, probably my favorite Cornell original. It might actually rank up there in the whole soundography list, not soundography, Soundgarden list is one of the ones that I like the most. It's really good. It's so different mm. from Soundgarden though. And then it is Smokestack Lightning from Ultra Mega. And I have never realized how much I love the blues grunge combination in my life mm. until I heard the song. And I need more grungy blues in my life. <laughs> I need an entire, all. I need, I need like Sweet Home Chicago. 
hey, bartender, watermelon man. I don't just any of that stuff. Uh, go ahead and make it grungy and then send it to me on disc. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Bones of a Bird from King, uh, King Animal. This is probably the most mature and moody song that they've did. Is like this is the the full evolution of Soundgarden at their most, I guess, their most maturely evolved version of themselves. And it shows it shows that all that experience they gained when it comes to the songwriting and this production. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I didn't pick anything from King Animal, but I really really enjoyed that album. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't. I, I think I had a lot of my list filled out before I got to that album, and it was like, oh man, this is this is such a great album. But I don't want to replace anything in my list. Yeah. Well, you could have had a six. I just would have teached you about it. I could have. Yeah. Uh, Number six is the entirety of King Animal, <laughs> with the exception of Bones of Birds, because Hammond <laughs> has that one. So I wanted to pick something from Super Unknown. So I had to go to the Super Deluxe release because I love Super Unknown and Super Unknown's a huge hit. Unknown is a huge hit album. So I went to Mailman. This kind of sums up Super Unknown without it being any of the hits we all know and love. Mm. It's a great song, and mm. it, and frankly, I, it, I mean, okay, I'll say it. It's kind of a cop-out pick for me because I wanted to pick something from Super Unknown, but I couldn't without picking <laughs> Spoon Man or Outshined. So sure. I went for Mailman, yeah. which is also a great song, but it's, it's you know, it's my, it's my trying to pick that without picking it. Yeah, and, and it always makes me want to sing it with the uh, the Spoon Man. Um, mailman. Mailman. <laughs> hand deliver with your hands. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> could do a whole song, couldn't yeah, I? Yeah, you probably could. All right. I still, probably should I, get back still to your list. <laughs> I still remember very vividly when we were talking about the Beatles once. No, I was telling you about my mother-in-law's dog, who's a spite pooper, and you did a <laughs> Beatles cover of Day Tripper. Of Day Tripper with Spite Pooper, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. If, if you would have even said anything, I would have come up with it again. <laughs> Spite Pooper, Pooper now, yeah. So one of my favorite Brian Ibbitt Mo- Ibbit moments was that. <laughs> awesome. So my last one is Full On Kevin's Mom, Louder Than Love. Now, this is actually a <laughs> punk song. I don't care how people describe yeah, it. Yeah, But it totally I picked is. this because I want people to listen to the story. This song is hilarious. It really is. It's too it's, good uh, not to put on a list. And I picked it quick because I knew Kevin, or not Kevin. <laughs> I knew Brian would have picked it if I hadn't. Yeah, I can see that because it, uh, and it's less about, it's it, it, it's funny right from the, um, uh, right from the, uh, the title, you know, it's going to be, yeah. uh, you know, 
uh, not satirical, but funny. This yeah. is Soundgarden's version of that ABBA tune you like so much. Mm, yeah. Oh God, that uh, two for the price of one. Yep. Thing still haunts, <laughs> haunts my dreams, that thing. Oh, I wanted Excellent. to bring up, I wanted yeah. to bring up, I was looking around and you know that the, the Record Store Day exclusive? Yes. That you said you wanted? They're available on eBay, super reasonably priced. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like, like 25 bucks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I might have to have you send me a link. Yeah. Uh, they're super reasonable. That's cool. All right. Uh, yeah. I might, uh, it's just so hard to search online for anything, the, the, as we talked about yeah. on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so tough. Cool. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, awesome. That uh, that will do it for our coverage of Soundgarden. Hammond, who is our next episode about? All right. I have a story to tell about this. Okay. Wow. All right. My 13-year-old daughter has yep. been begging me, because I've covered songs that my brother-in-law, we've covered bands that my brother-in-law suggested. We've covered bands that Sydney suggested. We've covered sure. bands that, you know, people around us have said, hey, you should do that sometime. And we do. Yeah. Uh, my 13-year-old has been begging me to take one of their suggestions. <coughs> so we're, wow, doing, okay. we're doing Lemon Demon. Now, <laughs> Lemon Demon is famous for that uh, excellent battle. What's it called? Hang on. Oh, uh, battle for the ultimate battle, honor the ultimate human, destiny, humanity. ultimate yeah. destiny. Right, right, right. Yes, that's it. That's- uh, so that's what everyone knows them for, and it's it's a fabulously hilarious song where Mister Rogers ends up winning. Right, that's right. <laughs> um, so we're covering them. We're covering Lemon Demon, and yes, my thirteen year old has done housework to cover her fifty dollar charge. <laughs> oh, excellent. Good. That's, that's, uh, Brian doesn't benefit from it, but my bathroom's a lot cleaner. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, when, she can, uh, when she can make her way out here, uh, I expect a clean bathroom as well. <laughs> that is great. Cool. No, I can't wait to do Lemon Demon. As I was thinking, uh, it'll be nice to have a, a band that's only got, you know, one or two albums. No, these guys have like six or seven albums. They're they're up there as well. Yeah, but I'm going to be really honest. The first four, and for all of our listeners, the first four of their albums are download free from their website. Oh, that's cool. So it's not like that's, and it's super easy. It just goes like the FTP folder tree and you just suck them down. Oh, that's hilarious. So like total web 1.0 kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, 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 they're, it's funny how they lean into this old style. They have like a, one of the albums, a couple of the albums are still available on mini disc and cassette. <laughs> I almost cool. bought one of their albums for my kid for Christmas on mini disc. Did you? Oh, yeah, I hilarious. came really, really close, but <laughs> the irony is that she'd have to borrow my mini disc player to listen to it. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. um, cool. Lemon Demon next episode. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Well, um, that's going to do it for uh, this episode. Hey, we love to get your feedback. We want to hear from you. Uh, email us at soundographypodcast at gmail.com. You can visit us on Twitter. We are at the soundography. Uh, our website is soundography.com. And our, uh, our, our website also features a uh, downloadable, golly, let's start that one over again. <laughs> if you go to soundography.com, you'll find links to every episode we've ever released. And each of those show notes contains a playlist, a Spotify playlist, if all the songs are available there. Uh, a link to where you can buy the songs. We will link to that uh, A-Sides album for this one. Uh, and a way to support us 
on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash soundography, you can help uh, keep the show lights running, keep the tape rolling, keep the record button pressed, all that stuff. Visit patreon.com slash soundography. And of course, we love your reviews. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it might be time for your poker chip to be produced. Oh God, yeah, no kidding. Maybe, yeah. It'd be it's a, it's a bummer to have one out there and not the other. Yeah, right? I think I think that we yeah. need to fin- finish the pair. Okay, well, it'll be a new wave, new wave inspired because yours was uh, metal, the metal uh, Hammond chip. Mine will be the new wave Ibit chip. Maybe You're not I'll be make yourself uh, a Spice Girl. Uh, you know, as much as I'd like to. Uh, no, I think I have to be some sort of Max Headroom clone or something. <laughs> on this oh, that'd be perfect. Especially if you got that, I, the AI yellow hair. Yes. Right. Oh God. I'm already, already visualizing. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, anyway, so, so join and you'll get one of those in the mail. Uh, we love your reviews. Uh, be sure to leave them wherever you get your podcasts and, uh, you're just the positive ones. If you have a negative view, uh, send it to us, send it directly to us and nowhere else. That'd be fine. We'll, we'll respond to it and we'll, we'll thank you because you're, you know, probably pointing out some flaws that we need to know about. Um, that is going to do it for this edition of Soundography Hammond. Anything to close us out? Do we want to talk about Steve threatening to out us to Stevie Wonder? <laughs> we should mention it. Yeah. So listener uh, wrote us and he actually has a connection to Stevie Wonder and was wondering if we'd want us, if we'd want him to uh, play the episode for Stevie. And uh, I think we both joked that maybe we give him an edited episode <laughs> that stops uh, right before the soundtrack to the woman in red. Yeah. It was 1979. That's, yep. the, that's all we uh, covered. That's it. It's just the, it's just soundography up until seventies uh, edition, sixties <laughs> and seventies edition. Yeah, I don't need but Stevie you know, to put a hit out on me. No, and, and see, I I never want to be disingenuous to the listener. I don't. I don't ever want like us to think of Ooh, what would we do? Would we want to uh, if we knew the band that we talked about was listening? would we say different things? And I think we would, and I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. be in that situation. Uh, we we so. definitely would have said nicer things about third eye blind. Yeah. And we would have continued <laughs> to say nice things about third eye blind throughout the years that we've done since we've done that episode. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think we were mean. I don't think we said things. I think we were very clear about it. Not just not being for us. Yeah, just we not, were. It's for somebody, but it's not for us. And, and so. I even said that it, I, I even questioned our own taste because that era of Stevie Wonder made him a gazillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. No, worked worked for him, and obviously worked for a lot of people. Just yep. didn't work for us. Cool. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with the. Uh, uh, the remaining members of Soundgarden that, you know, we slighted with our <laughs> various projects. Uh, feel free to and just let us know about it. But in the meantime, this is Brian Ibn on behalf of Hammond Chamberlain saying that just about does it here. We will see you next time on Soundography. You almost said that just did. covers it. I did. I did. <laughs> steered, steered into the skin and got us out. <laughs> show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>